Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Superman, strange visitor from the planet Krypton, who came to Earth with amazing physical powers far beyond those of mortal men, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, wages a never-ending battle for truth and justice. Today, with Lois Lane still missing, Clark Kent and Diana Lane hear of a startling new development from Henri Dulac, the French police captain. Ah, Monsieur Kent, you know of the taxi driver and the hotel manager? Those on whom we counted the leaders to Mademoiselle Lois Lane? Yes, of course. What about them, Captain? They've just been found in a woods. They were shot. Shot? Oh, no. We. Oui. They are both dead. So now, how shall we find la pauvre Mademoiselle Lois Lane? <laughs> Gang, have you ever wondered if you have a double? I mean someone who looks exactly like you. You know, that happens quite often. Well, there's a story about doubles I'd like to tell you. A number of years ago, a man who looked just like the late Babe Ruth showed up in a smaller city. He walked like the great Bambino, he talked like him. And he even said that he was Babe Ruth. Well, naturally, the people in this city were very flattered to have him as a guest. And wherever he appeared, crowds gathered. Youngsters and grown-ups came and asked him to autograph their baseballs and bats and autograph books. For two weeks, this man acted like a big shot. He ran up big bills and bought everything in sight. Well, finally, someone read in the papers that the real Babe Ruth was a couple of thousand miles away. And this person was exposed as a cheat. Now, wasn't that a stupid thing to do? Of course it was. But some people are always looking for ways to make themselves more important than the next guy. And there's one kind in particular that you ought to watch out for. I'm talking about those who use prejudice. That is, the notion that they're better than anyone else just because they belong to a certain race or religion to give themselves a false sense of importance. That, of course, is just as stupid as masquerading. Because none of us is automatically better than anyone else because of our race or our religion. So, gang, the next time you hear someone trying to puff himself up by running down other people, just tell him he's not a big shot at all. Tell him he's just being stupid, and the only guy he's fooling is himself. And now, the adventures of Superman. A mysterious French letter which was given to her by an unknown man in Paris led to the abduction in France's capital city of Diana Lane and her sister Lois, Daily Planet girl reporter by a masked man. Diana managed to escape, but when she and Clark Kent, who unknown to all is Superman, returned to the house of the masked man, they found both Lois and her captor gone. Certain that the key to the mystery was in the French letter, which was now in the hands of the masked man, Kent and police captain Dulac were setting out to question a taxi driver and an hotel manager to whom Diana had shown the letter in an effort to have it translated. But just then, Dulac received a phone call. When he replaced the instrument and turned to face Kent and Diana, 
His face was full of dismay. What's the matter, Captain Dulac? Yes, what's happened? Uh, it is very bad, Monsieur Kent. What's very bad? The taxi driver and the hotel manager have just been found dead in a woods. They were shot. What? Oh, no. We. Oui. Now we shall never know what was in the letter. And without that information, how can we find the masked man and the Mademoiselle Lois Lane? Oh, dear, this is terrible. Those men Poor must have been Lois. shot by the masked man I... to prevent them from revealing what was in the letter. Of course. But now we are, how you say, uh, of the tree, eh? Maybe not. I'm afraid so, monsieur. Because only the taxi driver and the hotel manager knew what the letter said, since Mademoiselle Diana showed it to nobody else. Is it not so, Mademoiselle? Yes, that's right. That is nobody except for Raymond, my dancing partner, but he can't read French either. Ah, so you see, oh, wait, Monsieur wait, Kent. Captain, wait a minute. Diana, I want you to think hard about that letter. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's something you can recall about it that, that Captain Dulac will be no. able to... No, I've told you, Clark, it was in French. I couldn't read yes, it. Yes, I know, I know. But th there may be something else about it that'll, well, give us a lead. Can you recall any words, any, well, names, perhaps? Names? Yes. Let me see. It seems to me there were some names. There were? Can you remember them, Mademoiselle? No, I... I think there was a, a George something. George that... what? Oh, I can't remember, uh, Clark. But you had the letter in front of you. How can you not remember? I told you I couldn't understand it, All right, now, wait a minute. And I didn't know then how important it was going to be, so I certainly didn't... Exactly. Study. Please, please, I... take it easy now, both of you. We've got to stay calm. Uh, Diana, let's try this from another angle. All right. When you showed this letter to the taxi driver and, and then to the hotel manager and asked them to translate it, they might have said something about it that you haven't told us. No, they didn't, Clark. They just flew into a rage. You'd think I'd insulted their mothers. But they, they must have said something. No, they just shouted about lies and, and insults to great men in La Belle France. Great men? Did they mention any names? No, they were too busy calling me names for spreading lies, they said. Oh, well... We get nowhere, Monsieur Kent. I shall return uh, to uh, wait, please. now. Wait, Just a minute, Captain. Diana, our only chance to find Lois is through that letter. I know, Clark, but what can I do? I'm going crazy with worry. I, I want you to try one thing more. For Lois. Anything, Clark. I'll do anything to find Lois. Okay. I want you to picture that letter in your mind. Shut everything else out and just concentrate on that letter. All right, Clark. Now, is there anything about it that seems to stand out? Anything at all? No. Uh, we waste time, please, monsieur. Please, Captain. Think hard, Diana. I am, but... Oh, wait a minute. The signature. Huh? What about what? the signature, Diana? It was a... A capital L. Only the single letter L? Yes, but... That is Wait, no Captain, L. please. What else did you start to say, Diana? Well, there were some kind of little pen scratchings under the letter scratchings? L. Scratchings? Yes, I didn't pay any attention to them at the time, but now that I think back, it seems to me they formed a bird. A bird? Yes, a, a sort of a rough little drawing of a small bird. I, well. I'm not actually positive, but I think so. I can't imagine ah, what that... now we get someplace. What? What do you mean, Captain? The bird. It is, I believe, a code signature for a secret government agent. Oh, well, then. We, we may be on the right track at last. Come, Monsieur Kent. You and I will proceed to the office of Colonel Charlot of the French Secret Service, where we may learn all about this letter. Allons. <laughs> then I was correct about the birth signature, Colonel Charlot? Oui, Capitaine Dulac. The bird below the single capital letter L was the code signature of Monsieur Rolf Laroux, 
A secret agent in my department. Ah, then it was he who gave the letter to Mademoiselle Diana Lane in the cafe that evening. It must have been. Uh, pardon me, Colonel. You mm-hmm. said the bird and letter L was the code signature of Monsieur LaRue. Do you mean that it... Oui, Monsieur Kent. It is my belief that Rolf LaRue is dead. Oh, eh? oh. He was to report to me on a matter of the utmost importance at nine o'clock of the evening on which he gave the letter to Mademoiselle Diana Lane. It is my certain belief that something happened to him that evening. Perhaps at the hands of the three rough-looking men who Mademoiselle Diane observed following LaRue from the cafe. Oh? You think LaRue knew he was in danger from those men, so he slipped the letter to Diana? Undoubtedly, monsieur. Uh-huh. Oh, if only Mademoiselle Lane had been able to read French and could report to me the contents of LaRue's letter. Ah, well, but now there may be tragic consequences for France. Well, may I ask what this important matter was that LaRue was working on, Colonel? I'm sorry, monsieur. That I cannot reveal. Please, if you confide in me, I may be able to help you. I can be trusted to keep your secret. But, monsieur... Ask Captain Dulac here. Eh bien. Then you must promise to reveal what I say to no one, monsieur Kent. I promise, sir, on my word of honor. Eh bien. Then I will tell you this. We know that there is a spy among us. We know that he has already revealed highly important military and political secrets to an unfriendly power. Really? But I gather you don't know who this spy is. That is correct. We believe he is somehow connected, uh, perhaps as a secretary or servant, uh, to one of high station in the affairs of the country, since otherwise he could not have access to this information. I see. For this reason, we of the police had to be most discreet in our investigations, since the spy might even be in our own department. Of course. So I assigned Rolf my most trusted agent, to work on the matter alone. Four evenings ago at seven o'clock, he telephoned me. That was the night he disappeared. We... Now, spoke only a few words? I have all the information at last, he said. Ah, did he say who? No, Capitaine. We did not trust the telephone. I instructed him to come to me at once, but he said he believed he was being trailed by three rough-looking men, and he must lose them first. Somebody else knew LaRue was on the case. Apparently. Now, who was it? Why, the masked man, of course. You did murder and abduction to secure the letter which revealed him. Yes, and he knows where Lois Lane is, too. Yes, we, but who is the masked man? I think I can tell you who he is, gentlemen. You can? Oh, Monsieur Kane. You two wait here for me. If all goes well, I'll be back in an hour with the masked man. And, if she's alive, with Lois Lane, too. Amazed, Colonel Charlo and Captain Dulac watch Clark Kent hurry from the office. We'll be back in a moment with the tense climax of today's episode. So, keep listening. Hey, gang, did you ever see the inside of a dry-cleaning store? Well, in the back, where they do the real cleaning, you'll see a whole shelf full of different kinds of chemicals used to remove stains. Now, the first thing a cleaner has to figure out is, what made the stain? Well, that sounds easy, but it isn't really. It takes real scientific analysis to determine whether that spot was made by candy, coffee, eggs, grass, any one of a million things. But most of you boys and girls, of course, when you get spots in your clothes, just let mom take care of it. But I think there are a few things we all ought to know. First, soap and water will wash out most kinds of dirt. And second, never use hot water, because heat makes certain substances harden up, like eggs, for instance. And then it becomes very difficult to get them out. But there's another kind of spot or stain we should all try to remove whenever we see it. It's the kind of stain you can't see, but you sure can feel it. I mean the stain of racial and religious prejudice. You know how it is when you meet a fellow who's all dressed up in his best suit, but there's a spot right on his coat. It spoils his whole appearance. 
And the same thing happens when you meet a person who's prejudiced, who makes nasty cracks about other folks' race or religion, and who acts like a bully or a snob. Prejudice just spoils his personality and keeps him from being attractive or appealing. It's a mark that needs cleaning badly, not with soap and water, but with facts and truth, and ordinary fair play and common sense. Keep that in mind, gang. Never let the mark of prejudice spoil your good looks. And whenever you see it on someone else, do your level best to clean it up by talking sense to whoever is stained with it. And now, back to the adventures of Superman. In a private office not far from the one in which Clark Kent has just left Colonel Charlo and Captain Dulac, a telephone has just rung. The only occupant of the office, a rather stocky, gray-haired man, answers. Hello? Monsieur, say Jacques. Ah, oui? Edouard has just phoned me from the cottage, monsieur. Well, was he done? Not yet, monsieur. No, we're not. When Edouard observed Mademoiselle... That's in no name. Pardon. When he observed the... uh, Person was a girl. He refused to to uh, do the deed. And I say, listen to me, Jacques. Listen well. Monsieur, you will proceed there at once and attend to the matter yourself. You understand? Oui, Monsieur. Every moment she is still with us is a great danger to me. You will go at once. At once, do you hear? Oui, Monsieur. I proceed now. Au revoir. Replacing the telephone, the gray-haired man whom we last saw wearing a mask scowls at his wristwatch, calculating how long it will be before his order to eliminate Lois Lane will be carried out. Where is Lois, whom we know now is still alive? And where is Clark Kent, who promised, if all went as he expected, to have the masked man and Lois in his hands within the hour? We'll find out in tomorrow's thrilling action-packed episode, gang. So be sure to listen. Tune in same time, same station, for Chapter 9 of The Mystery of the Letter on... The Adventures of Superman! Superman is a copyrighted feature appearing in Superman DC Comics Magazine and is brought to you Monday through Friday at the same time. Watch for the Superman Adventure Serial soon to be shown at your local movie theater. This program came from New York. Stay tuned to your mutual station for Adventure Parade, which follows in just a moment. And right after Adventure Parade, you will hear Tom Mix and his straight shooters. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Welcome back. So our villain had the misfortune to send out a hitman. Maybe one of the few would just refuse to kill Lois Lane as a matter of chivalry. Okay, so, yeah, the last couple episodes have been a little bit slower, focused on just trying to get Diana to remember. But the episode in setting up the story to get a bit more action, hopefully in the next few parts. All right, well, that will be all for today. Join us back here on Sunday for Part 9. A reminder that when we quickly finish the next serial, we'll be to one half-hour program a week. That will be available late Monday afternoon or Monday night, depending on which part of the country you're in. 
In the meantime, send your comments to adam at adamsweb.us and be sure and rate the show on iTunes. But from Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.